Welcome to the Before and After Podcast, where we are all about helping you become a better you in every season of life. My name is Jacob Wilson, and I'm here with the one and only Phil Reichert, where we will discuss real and relevant obstacles from our different generational perspectives. Well, Phil, it's February. It is. Which is the month of love. It is. Valentine's Day is coming up. Man, I'm ready. I I hope I'm ready. Uh, Are you ready? I am ready. And today, the month of love, this theme of love is our theme of this episode. So I'm excited to talk about it, which makes it for a fun top three because you can go so many ways with this, but who doesn't love a good love song? Wow. So I'm going to give you a top three love songs of all time. All right. Go for it. Let's hear it. Oh, you're asking me. I'm asking you. Oh, for me, what they are. Okay. Okay. I got you. Um, And, and, you know, you kind of laid the groundwork for this, so I was ready. Um, I got some, they're they're a little out there. Okay. Uh, I don't know who's going to, you know, line up with me on this. Let me ask first. Are they, are they all oldies? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Pretty much. That was expected. Yeah. 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 Um, number one, um, it's a Prince song that was covered by Sinead O'Connor. Nothing compares to you. You familiar with that? Just hauntingly beautiful. So Prince didn't sing it. He did, but years ago. And then Sinead O'Connor she covered it, and that's what became what gotcha. became the most gotcha. popular. Yeah, nothing compares to you. Because Prince wrote a lot of songs. He, he did. That and he he, didn't he sing. wrote that one, and he, he did them. sing it. Okay, but it wasn't that's one cool. of his big hits. Yeah. And so that one's called "Nothing Compares to You." Okay, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. write this down. That's a and shout out to, to Kim. It. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Are you with me? I'm with you. Yeah, Valentine's Day Sunday. Um, number two. Uh, you know, my favorite uh, classic rock band of all time, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I knew that. Yeah, yeah. Here Comes My Girl. You familiar with that song? No. Here Comes My Girl. Another shout out to Kim. Reminds me of the first time I ever saw her. Okay. Awesome. You're going to have to listen to these. Okay, yeah. I will. Uh, maybe num- maybe number one, I'll, I'll know. Yeah, you, yeah, you will. Okay. You will. Yeah, every, once they hear that, uh, everybody knows that song. Number three uh, is going to be, I don't think anybody else will uh, pick this one, but it's Dire Straits. Are you familiar with Dire Straits? Uh-uh. No? Oh, my gosh. Um, it's called So Far Away. And so okay. you'll have to dig deep on this one. Uh, it was Kim and I's song uh, when we uh, were in a long-distance relationship. She was in North Carolina. I was in Houston before we got married. And it's about being so far away from the one you love. So I've heard zero of your top three. So I got some work to do. All right. And you hear, and I got a bonus for you. You got even a more bonus. work. Yeah, you got even more work. And I would be surprised if you've heard anything okay. by this guy. Um, you got to trust me on this one. Okay. Anything by Andrea Bocelli. Okay. Are you with me? No, never heard with, of Andrea? With you. It's a generational thing here. Yeah, right? there is a big gap. He, he's a blind Italian tenor, an opera singer. Just trust me. She won't understand the words to any of the songs. They're all in, in Italian, but just trust me, man. Phenomenal stuff. Good date night stuff. Andrea Bocelli. So, one, you always do this. Top three, you got to get this top three figured out because you start at you start at the worst and you work up to the best. You start at the worst. Start oh, at that's three. what I do? That You need to start at three. You, oh. you always start at the best. Yeah, I don't get it. You got it. It's a suspense. I know, but well, I'm sorry. I mean, they all we'll sort work. of work and weave together. True, for they me. do work. Yeah, I but love all this. Listen. Yeah, 
I'm fine with him being old, but like Elvis Presley can't help falling in love. That's a great That's a song. Classic. Yeah, there's a there's a ton of there them is out a ton. there. I want to stay away from the Whitney Houston stuff and all oh, that the, kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I can't say it's good because I don't know. I don't know if that's a good or bad list. I'll have to find out. You're going to have to tune into those today and and figure it out. (laughs) Well, today we are talking about love, and we actually have a pretty cool setup here with uh, two different men who are, we both have a significant other, but we're in way different stages of that relationship. No doubt. I'm kind of excited because, uh, well, I'm engaged to be married this summer, and you've been married for how long? This is our 35th year. 35th year. 35 years. Yeah. I am 23 years old. True. So that tells you the difference we have here, which I think is an awesome setup because there are resources in life and you have to use them. And so I think, uh, and this is even biblical, um, getting wisdom from uh, people who are older than you, people who have that went through the journey already. because there's people that have made mistakes, so you don't have to make them. <laughs> well, you you you've got the right one right here right today. Here? Yeah, you're not yeah, the expert. Yeah. No, no, okay. no. If you want the guy who's made mistakes, man, you're with him. So, I'm gonna kind of pick your brain today. I'm not gonna be able to do a whole lot of talking on this because you know, uh, Cora was my first girlfriend ever. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a ton of experience, um, but I'm gonna kind of throw some questions at you and. Just hear what your journey's been and sure, what your advice sure. is on these on on love. You know what's interesting? What you got? I got married uh, when I was younger than you are. So, oh, really? Yes, I got married when I was twenty-one. I I don't think I knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys can do the math. You know, this is our thirty-fifth year, so yeah. you can they figure out how old, yeah, how old the old guy is here. Yeah. So, first question: How does your relationship with God and your relationship? with your significant other go hand in hand? Well, that's, I mean, that's a great question. That's a complicated question, without a doubt, um, because both of those relationships um, are complex to a great degree. The, Um, The reason this question came up for me, though, is I think so many people have an issue either they go all in for one or all in for the other. True. They're codependent on one or the other. Yeah. Rather than being interdependent, yeah, with each other towards God alone. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, you know the old triangle um, sort of uh, diagram where God's at the top of the triangle, and you and your spouse are at the bottom. And the the closer you get to God, the closer you get to each other. It's kind of a cheesy little diagram, but it is so true. And I think when we focus first and foremost uh, on our relationship. Uh, with God, our marriage is, is in an authentic way um, and in a healthy way. Our marriage is only going to be better. Uh, every relationship is better when you stay close to God. Um, and it's interesting from a biblical perspective, marriage itself is a picture biblically of Jesus' relationship with us. Mm. of Jesus' relationship yeah. with the church. That's what Paul says. So so marriage at, at, at its core is sacrificial because we see that, obviously, as the number one characteristic uh, as far as Jesus' relationship with the church. So 
it's sacrificial. We sacrifice uh, one for the other, especially uh, as men. Uh, we're to give our lives completely, lay down our lives uh, for our wives. Uh, it's unconditional, uh, which this side of heaven for all of us is impossible to love unconditionally. But Jesus is our target on that. Um, Jesus was willing to lay down everything uh, for us, and we're to be willing to do that for our spouse. So can we go off the cuff here a little bit? Sure. I, I love that word sacrifice. You know, that that kind of picture you just gave us. Now, you went into marriage at an early age. What are some of the sacrifices that you had to make that you just kind of blindsided you? What are some practical things that... Uh, sure. You know, at 21, I mean, I was clueless. I mean, I was blindly in love. Both both Kim and I were, and we were the center of each other's universes. And when I got married, God wasn't even in my life, or let me say I hadn't allowed God to be you yeah. know, in my life. And so uh, one of the first things, and I've told people this time and time again over the years, that that I was struck with after Kim and I got married and, you know, we, we were living together and, and our lives are melding is you realize, or at least I realize just how selfish I really was. Yeah. And I thought I was a pretty giving guy, you know, and I wasn't a bad guy or anything like that. And I, and, but man, when you bring two lives together as one like that, uh, you realize how selfish you are, and some things have got to go, and some things have got to change. Yeah. And, and I think for me, uh, that was the biggest eye opener early on. And some things, you, you know, you'll live with that reality for your entire married life, um, realizing at different levels uh, how selfish you are and what you need to lay down and give up. When when you're by yourself, you have some blind spots, and when you have yeah. someone else that is watching your six at all times you have less blind spots and they'll make you aware of them yeah no doubt no doubt and, and you know the the next level with that was was when we had children you know I, I i just thought my selfishness had been revealed when kim and i got married and then when we had kids man it's like wow that's a whole new level so you got a big journey ahead of you yeah you, you don't get to a level and you're done. You have to keep laying things down again and again. It's and, never over. Yeah. It's never over until that, we're face to face yeah. with him. Yeah. So we got to stay in the fight, man. And that's, that's huge as far as, you know, how our relationship uh, with our spouse and how our relationship with God go hand in hand. Man, you got to, you got to stay in there and you got to fight for it and, and never throw in the towel. So go kind of going with that, instead of being, codependent you know only depending on your spouse um what does it look like to be interdependent wow that's a good question and again you know all these are rising from the scripture um all yeah. these are what god calls us to in marriage and that is to be not two independent people and i say this uh, it's it's woven throughout uh, the marriage ceremonies that that I that I perform um, that that God's not calling us to be independent. He's calling us to be interdependent on one another and on Christ Himself. And so, again, as we look at that triangle, man, we're focused 
on God. We're focused on Christ, and He is the tie that binds us together. But but I think being interdependent means that you're both doing just that. You're looking to God for His plan and His purpose for your life. Mm -hmm. God has individual purposes and plans for our life. Um, And then you're looking to live that out in the context of being one. So what you're saying is kind of like a relationship. You have to have a relationship with God on your own, even in a relationship, but also a relationship with God as a pair. Because you're one. Because you're one. Yeah, that's mind-blowing, but but that's the reality. That's what God has called us to, and that's the beauty of an intimate relationship with your spouse. That's where it just gets yeah. so mind-blowingly beautiful when we get to that place. So, Gore and I kind of figured this out already because, you know, we were kind of doing it on our own. We had our own problems. You know, we've been living— um, two hours away in most of our relationship. And so we had to figure out, you know, we need to be doing, I was like, we need to be praying. We're like, we never pray together. And this was a while back. We're like, we need, we need to pray together every night. So then we started praying together. We started um, reading the same devotion. Yeah. And then we got to the point where we were like only dependent on that piece. And so we, we kind of had to figure out, like, I need to be, figure out how to do this. Um, my relationship with God when I'm, you know, by myself throughout the day, but also... Oh, you're saying both of you had just gone to where that was sort of... Your relationship with God just was focused on just that when you were together yes. and not independent. Exactly. Okay, I got you. So we've yeah. had to figure out a balance of... Because we have to remember that a relationship is a beautiful piece um, to life. But it's never the solution. It's not going to fix all things. Without a doubt. And a lot of people go into marriage thinking that it will. And, and that's thinking, where people come codependent. Exactly. And and I read a book years ago and uh, was involved in a study on this. It's called Sacred Marriage by a, a guy by the name of Gary Thomas. And one of the big things that he talks about in this book that just rocked my world is that God's intention for marriage is not to make you happy. It's to make you holy. Mm. And when you approach marriage in that way, I mean, becoming holy, which is essentially becoming like Jesus, uh, is a painful process. Yeah. And it means laying down our selfishness, laying down uh, our own way, laying down our agenda and being willing to live for the sake of another. And I think many people go into marriage. And, and I, I honestly, when I was 21 years old, I definitely went into marriage thinking, man, this Kim is going to make me happy. She's making me happy. I will be happy for the rest of my life. But there's no human being on the face of the earth that can do that for you. It is only God and God alone that can meet the deepest needs of our hearts. And when we lay that on our spouse, man, we lay a heavy burden on them. That's so good. So you're talking about, you know, people trying to find happiness through their relationship. And I think that there's this often uh, way people look at relationships, either healthy or unhealthy. Is that is that the case? Like, is there only two categories? Is that the case that you have found? 
you know, there's I, <laughs> that's a great question. I think um, essentially that we're all unhealthy to varying degrees. Okay, uh, we're all messed up to varying degrees. Now, naturally, there are going to be blatantly unhealthy relationships, relationships that are characterized by abuse or control, just really ugly um, relationships. Uh, but the reality is, because all of us are unhealthy to varying degrees, our relationships are going to reflect that. And I think the biggest difference between healthy and unhealthy relationships is the willingness to work on the relationship and the willingness to work on yourself in the midst of it, um, to get better at communicating. Man, as long as we're working, as long as our heart is for the other, we're not going to do it perfectly this side of heaven. And I know even for Kim and I, we go through seasons right now, for 35 years, you know, we, we'll go through seasons and I'm thinking, man, I am not responding in a healthy way to this. Mm. And so that doesn't mean we have an unhealthy relationship. That means there are unhealthy responses to varying degrees in the relationship. And we're all going to have that. I, I've yet to find a completely healthy relationship. I don't even know how you define that, this side of heaven. As long as we are imperfect people, yeah. we're going to bring dysfunction and a lack of health to our relationships. And it's getting God's perspective in the midst of that, being willing to humble ourselves and say, God, I don't want to be unhealthy. I want to honor my wife and I want to love her well. How do I do that? You're always going to have messy spots in every single relationship because we're sinners. But how are you going to respond to those exactly. spots in your Exactly. And let me, again, let me qualify. Um, there are blatantly unhealthy relationships out there. Oh, yeah. And we've all seen them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think you can categorize, you know, uh, generally a relationship as either healthy or unhealthy. There's, there's a large scale in, in, in between those two. So my next question is, ever, we're going to get really into like practicality and just I love these next two questions, and so I'm just really going to lean in because I, I want to pick your brain here. Everyone always tells me, you're going to fight, you're going to fight in a relationship, in marriage, you're going to fight, conflict is inevitable, and we just kind of talked about that. Yeah, you're going to have messy spots in your relationship. So, okay, if that's true, I want to know what I can do about it. So, can you fight in a healthy way? You you can fight in a healthy way. I think it's it's a profound challenge, and, and again, that's where we've got to be willing to consistently work on ourselves and work on our responses, and also learn our spouses and learn to love them well in the areas that they struggle with and in and in their weaknesses, and pray they'll do the same for us. But conflict is inevitable. Every healthy relationship has conflict. You can't have a healthy relationship without conflict. And you have you have to realize that and understand that conflict is not the end of your relationship. Conflict is an opportunity to grow deeper in your relationship. And, you know, a lot of times you guys have experienced whether it be in a, a deep relationship um, with a spouse, significant other, or just a friendship. If you if you get in a fight, but you sit down, you're like, hey, we're going to work it out. Most time that relationship means more to you. 
um, going forward, you're going to have more respect for that person. It, it really all just depends on how you respond to it. And so I believe that you can fight fair. And what I mean by that is you have to not look at the characteristics of the person, but uh, of the circumstance. So rather than fight like what's wrong about your significant other and bring that up, really look at the situation right? and fight about what's wrong right there. Right. Don't attack the person personally. Attack what's going on. And and in that context as well, you know, what we can also do, especially when you've been in relationship, you know, as long as, say, Kim and I have, 35 years, it's easy to bring past conflicts into present conflicts. If you haven't fully resolved a conflict, you know, we call that kitchen sinking. Yep. So, you know, you you just bring everything in the kitchen sink into every conflict you have, and then it makes it impossible to find resolution. And so Kim and I have worked on this and processed this, and we still are, even today. Um, but it's so important to see it when you're doing it and even call it out um, to your spouse if, if they're doing that. Um, again, every relationship has conflict, but the key is conflict resolution, and that's where we tend to struggle. Uh, and conflict resolution always requires humility. Soft hearts. you got to be willing to lay something down. And I know for Kim and I, one of the biggest challenges that we've had over the years is the fact that, and a lot of guys do this, a lot of men do this, I see it all the time, um, is we fight to be right. Yeah. We, 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 we want to be right, you know, and it's important for us to win the argument. And, and, and so that's been a challenge for, for Kim and I over the years because that's just automatically kind of my default setting. You know, oh, there's an argument, there's a conflict. Well, let me prove you're wrong. Well, if I'm always winning, what does that make her? Yeah, always losing. Always losing. Makes yeah. her lo- And who wants to make their wife a loser? Yeah. And so that has been a default setting for me that I've just over the years had to, you know, get on my knees and say, God, man, teach me. Open my eyes to this blind spot that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, and that's what you, you right there, like the more you work personally on working through your own pride and getting – Praying for a softer heart, yeah. the better every relationship in your life is going to be. Without a doubt. And that's kind of where we started. You know, the closer you are to God, the better every relationship is going to be. And so, but all those relationships require work and they require intentionality on our part. And I think what I see more than anything in, in couples that have been married for a long time and begin just to exist together is that they give up mm. and they just stop working on the relationship. And, and that moves to a sad place. We will never, you know, I've learned after 35 years, we will never be able to stop working toward a healthy relationship um, or it'll go backwards in a hurry. Yeah. And so, so go ahead. With a question on that is you get in a fight and you feel like you're down in the dumps. You feel like your relationship is headed in a, a not right, not good place. What do you, what can you do when things are rocky to come in full circle and remember that commitment you made at the beginning. Again, I think you humble yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's so important 
to know in the midst of it all, and I think this has got to be sort of the pinnacle, uh, the umbrella, if you will, over the relationship, is that, hey, I'm committed to you regardless. I am here for the long run, no matter how you feel, no matter how I feel. At the end of the day, I want you to know I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, can you speak on that commitment at the beginning just a little bit, that it's not just, you know, any a word that commitment you make at the beginning of marriage what, what's that mean absolutely till death do you part yeah. well, i mean in our world in general today uh it's you know until i don't feel like doing it anymore what and what i want and what i want if i don't get what i want then i don't want you me-centered culture exactly but back to you know is marriage meant to make us happy me 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 or is it meant to make us holy mm. Like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, another thing along that line, and then we can move on uh, just from a practical standpoint with conflict is uh, Kim and I process things differently. I'm an external processor. So that means, you know, if we're in a conflict or, or an argument or a fight or something, man, it's all out in front of me. And I'm, I'm processing it verbally in that moment. And I want to move to a resolution at that time. And I want to put a period at the end of this fight. I want to kiss. I want to make up. And I want to move on with my life. Mm-hmm. It's about me to a great degree because yeah. I don't want to deal with yeah. it. You know, Kim's more of an internal processor. She needs time to process what is going on to get God's perspective on this this conflict and what have so she wants to back up a little bit and take some time to see a bigger picture reflect yeah which is a very healthy thing to do for sure my tendency is to keep coming at her (laughs) yeah because all i want to do is to get it over with and move on to what's next without this cloud hanging over me. And so when you begin to figure out how you both process things and how things work, and then you begin to lay down your need to be right or your need to have resolution on your timetable, you begin to find a greater place of intimacy in the midst of conflict. Yeah. Yeah, just just be thinking through, Cor and I, like, I like to retreat i i get filled up by being alone at night Uh she gets filled up by by being like next to you you know right and so it's just but i i see that as such a i don't look at that of as like a loss i just look that as a huge opportunity for me to grow yeah and yeah i mean it it can be complimentary yeah i think that's what god intends when he puts us together you know with our spouses not not uh combative but complimentary and it just depends on how we view it what we're willing to lay down to get to that place that's so good well i got one last question for you so when you have conflict how do you set boundaries going forward and i think you know we here at the before and after podcast we want to be practical there is a part that you can't really like get past this in a relationship you have to have you have to communicate, which is what boundaries is all about. Right. And you have to set these boundaries. And it. Th- this is hard for you probably to speak on because there's every relationship is different. You're struggling mm-hmm. through all these things. Right. But what can you talk about with just like your um, situation, what you and Kim have done to set boundaries going forward? 
You know, boundaries are important. Um, I, I think the most important thing with boundaries is there has to be a consequence. You know, we can set boundaries, but if we don't enforce consequences to crossing those boundaries, they're, they they really kind of, you know, don't impact the relationship at yeah. all. So uh, there have to be some, some type of consequence. Um, you know, one thing I can think of, uh, you know, I have uh, what could be called the gift of sarcasm. Um, which is not a healthy thing in relationship. I can be very sarcastic, um, and it can be very hurtful to Kim. And I just kind of, you know, it just kind of flows out of me. So Kim's had to, you know, set some boundaries there when it comes to, you know, my sarcasm when we we have a disagreement and things of that nature. Um, and if I get too sarcastic, you know, the consequence is um, that she steps out of the conversation, you know, immediately in order to protect her heart. Yeah. And, and that's a healthy thing uh, to do. Um, but when, when we marry, um, we are in such an intimate and close space, if you will, together in every way, from our heart to our living condition, everything. And if we don't recognize and honor uh, what offends the other, uh, that's going to take a bad turn for us in the relationship. So we've got to communicate. Communicate. Yeah, in the midst of that, and uh, be honest and say, that, that really hurts me when you do that. And um, and setting boundaries there is just a healthy thing for relationship in general. That's so good. Well, I think that's all. Uh, I think that was an awesome episode. I do want to say that for the single people out there, we have not forgot about you. We have something planned, an episode um, coming up down the road. Um, but this, a lot of these things were general because every relationship is different. And that being said, a lot of these things still work for friendships. A lot of oh, these things still work for how you deal with your family. Without a doubt. And so, yeah, there, there's something for everyone in this. And I yeah. thank you for opening up about your yeah. journey. Um, I, I know I forgot to put this in our show notes, so I'll go first on our rec- my recommendation okay. of the month. Um, I have to look because I always forget his name. Um, Brandon Lake, House of Miracles. I have been worshiping. I love when you find a new CD uh, or CD uh, album. I guess we're past CDs, aren't we? Um, cassette. I, yeah, cassette. cassette. Yeah. I love uh, it when I find a new cassette. <laughs> so <laughs> I've been worshiping to this and it's just a different sounding uh, worship album. I just love it. And so if you need something refreshing, something new, yeah. uh, check this out. It came out just this year, I think. So Good stuff. Um, you know, I'm going to point you back to Gary Thomas's Sacred Marriage. Um, that book um, where he talks about being uh, God's intention for marriage to make us holy and not make us happy. Just profound concept there. So great book. Grab it. Is that, is that the book? You made us read another good. I loved it. You made us read a book, Make Us. You uh, led us in a group um, that I was in with you. In the mentoring group? Yes. And it was a book on relationships. Do you remember? What no, it wasn't this one. Okay. It wasn't this one. Here's it. I'm going to open this back up because there's something now that you I'm thinking about this book. There's something that was so um, just kind of I want to do when I get married and when I live with someone else. And I think someone else could maybe need to hear this. They challenged 
us to first 15 minutes you walk yeah. home, you walk in from work or wherever you're at, first 15 minutes, yeah. don't play with the kids, don't look at your phone, yeah. but sp- wherever your wife is at, wherever your significant other is at, spend 15 minutes just catching up. Within five feet. Within five feet, yeah, that, that was, was the piece. deal. Yeah, Within yeah, five yeah. feet, yeah. So I, I, I think if your wife likes that, I'm all for it, you yeah. know. But if she feels like you're kind of hovering over and crowding her, you know, you want to get her perspective on that. But it's all about loving her and putting her first, yeah. man. Yeah, awesome, good stuff. Well, I uh, hope you have a wonderful Valentine's Day, and we'll cue the music. Outstanding. Have a great Valentine's Day. See you next time.